Welcome in to the Shop Management Show presented by Auto Week. I'm your host, Will. This podcast will explore the experiences, challenges, and lessons learned of auto repair shop owners. We'll cover every topic imaginable from EVs to ADOS, right to repair, the technician shortage, and so much more. AutoLeap is a cloud-based shop management software that allows shop owners to better run their business, increase efficiency, and grow revenue. You can find a link to schedule a free demo with AutoLeap in the show notes of this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Julio Sanchez, owner of Total Automotive Services in Ruskin, Florida. Julio and I will discuss his auto repair background and shop management experience. Julio, how are you? Good. How about yourself? Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm great. Really looking forward to this conversation. Let's kick off our discussion by discussing the early days of Total Automotive. What inspired you to start this business? That's it. That's a uh, the short the short uh, answer was I always wanted to have uh, my own business and and as a uh, younger uh, man I looked in different ways to do that and I always kept coming back to dealing with automotive. Um, the long answer is I remember going back to when I was a kid taking the cars apart the toy cars just to see how they work and. You know, you can tell that I have an accent. So I was uh, born and raised in Cuba and the maintaining those old 50s cars uh, was something that I would see, you know, my neighbors do every day. And, and so that kind of encouraged me to, uh, to work on cars. As a teenager, I worked on uh, some of the older models, the old Pontiacs and Camaros and that kind of stuff, like every, you know, every gearhead uh, back in the 80s, uh, late 70s, early 80s. Um, so as I was, you know, when I reached a certain age, I was like, oh, I don't want to get my hands dirty anymore. And, but I was involved looking back, I was involved in vehicle finance, vehicle sales, uh, repo, and it was always, you know, auctions and it was always car related. Uh, and in, in the richer time in my life where I didn't want to work for someone else anymore. Uh, and I decided I, I need to I need to take a leap of faith and just go with it. And you know, my wife kept saying you should do a, you know you should do a car repair. You should. And then I thought, you know what? I started the business. I, I really took a long time. Uh, I took a couple years of finding all the details and the breakdown and asking different owners different points of view and and learning some spreadsheets and that kind of stuff. And then I decided, you know what? The only way I'm going to learn is if I get my feet wet. And that's what I would suggest anyone who's considering doing that or considering an auto repair or any business for that matter, you know, don't, don't get, don't get uh, caught up on, on the details, just you go for it. So, you know, that's what we did. We, 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 you know, we just started, we started going on and we jumped on it and here we are um, 20 years later. You know, so that's 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 both the short and the long answer. That's a phenomenal story and background into the shop. Follow up question there. You mentioned taking a leap of faith. That must have been kind of a scary moment. Obviously, you had built up a ton of experience, which you just walked through. But what was that leap of faith like? And how did you manage the fear of launching a brand new shop, obviously a brand new business? How did you manage that and kind of overcome the initial fear of, you know, taking that leap and venturing into the unknown? I tell you, I tell you, one of the things that that really encouraged me uh, was that uh, I, I, I just wanted to make sure that 
as I got older, I didn't think about, oh, you know what? I didn't do this. I should have done that. And, and I think everyone at that one time in their lives experienced that, whether it is, you know, with bought a bicycle or I should have bought a car or what have you. And you always have that in the back of your mind. And I just felt like this is this is the time. You know what I mean? I felt it was the time to do it. I just felt comfortable. And I said, well, I'm going to risk it. And whatever happens, happens. I, I You know, if I if I failed, at least I did it. And I know uh, I learned from the experience. And now, you know, I'll do it differently or I'll do something else. But, uh, I, you know, if I were if I were to be concerned with oh my God, I might not do this or what would happen or something like that. Uh, that is something that would have kept me back in Cuba if I would have done that. Well, I look back to that moment I, at that time in my life when I decided I had to leave the island, leave the, uh, everyone in my family behind and move forward. And and I just said, this is, got to do this. So, you know, this is what I came here for. This is one of the things that I need to do in my life. So, you know, that was kind of that. Kind of the, the, the kick that get me going. That's a very inspiring mindset. And it's amazing to see how far that's taken you, you know, in 20 plus years as a shop owner. Circling into the initial challenges you faced as you launched this business, what were some specific examples of those challenges and how did you end up overcoming them? I'll I, I tell you what I did. It's interesting because uh, Ruskin is a small town or was a small town when I moved here. Um, so what I did is I, I I went to different shops and, and there was 10 shops in the area at the time. Uh, so I went to some of the shops and one of them, I remember clearly the guy didn't even uh, look at me. He didn't, he didn't care to look at my face. Uh, and another of the shops um, was uh, the guy was saying something about you need to replace all these brakes. And I realized that I had done brakes a week ago. So trying to replace the same brakes I just, just replaced. So it kind of made me uh, notice that there was two things that needed to be taken care of. And actually one thing needed to be taken care of with this customer. But there was two things already that I noticed that there were kind of, a, kind of an issue that I needed to improve if I was going to be the new guy in town. The other thing I did is I looked at everyone else's schedule and what they were doing. And because this is a small town, everyone would go home at five o'clock. So I went the extra mile. You know, I opened at, I opened at, uh, I think it was at seven in the morning and I would close at seven, eight o'clock at night. Uh, I would open Saturdays. Nobody opened Saturdays in this town. I opened uh, Sundays. Nobody definitely opened on Sundays. Or, you know, things like that. I would not, above and beyond what the town required to make sure that we would notice that we were open. You know, and, and people are still drive by today. We don't open late, late nights anymore, but we still get customers that come in and, and like, wow, you guys I remember driving by at, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night after dinner and, and you guys were still open and to get those cars out. And the main focus is uh, not only for us to find that niche, which is what I would suggest anyone, find the niche, something somebody else is not doing and, 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 and focus on that. And, and it's got to be, Something that is customer uh, beneficial, not your benefit. You know, it's got to be customer beneficial, customer service oriented. And that's the trick to the whole thing. The trick is just to go out of your way for your customer. If you want, if you want the customers to be, you know, happy with you, or if you want the customer to come back, 
there's a focus on there's so much interest right now on and i understand there is you know the cost of everything has going up but there is so much focus on how much money we need to make and sometimes the customer gets customer service gets pushed aside so that was that was my thing that was some of the challenges i was the new guy i was uh a hispanic guy that doesn't have a shop in this area that were paying all the shop so I need to overcome all those issues by doing something that everyone else is not doing. Pretty much, that's a short answer. Yeah, great perspective. And I think, you know, especially building trust with your customers early on, it's amazing to hear how focused you were on that from day one of launching your shop. Trust is obviously crucial with auto repair and people bringing in their vehicles and trusting that you're going to be, you know, fair and objective with them. What are some other steps you take to build and maintain trust with your customers? I like to make sure that when somebody lives here, and sometimes it happens, and sometimes things happen. It's a machine. I don't have all the answers. It's it's a machine created by men. Even the new cars have issues. Oh, I, I, you know, we. There's no way for me to say cars are going to be perfect, but we make sure that whatever the customer has control over the agreement of what's to be repaired. And once that's done, we go over it, make sure that everything that we said is going to be done is done and done correctly before the car leaves. In other words, we check the vehicle, we repair it, and then we double check the car. It goes to a, a, different, uh, a different step, an additional step, double checking everything to make sure that it's done and it's done correctly. In addition to that, we go out of our way, we wipe down the car, we, you know, we don't do a car wash, we make sure that there's no fingerprints on the hood or on the door, that kind of stuff, which is a uh, discouraging uh, uh, issue when you go pick up your car, regardless if it's an old car or a newer car, and there's a fingerprint on the door, you, you know, you don't want somebody's fingerprint. Anyway, those are some of the steps. We double check what we did, or some, you know, and then before the car goes uh, to a final uh, release, and then we wipe, you know, the car and everything, make sure that it's clean. And so far, it's been successful for us. Uh, it's a little step. It's a little, uh, it's a little extra step that we do, but it's a successful uh, step that makes people happy and make people come back and make sure the carpet are not full. Of, you know, are not dirty uh, inside the car. Whatever steps we got to take care, of, we do. Yeah, that's great, and it's very clear from speaking with you that you guys go above and beyond in terms of customer service. What other qualities do you think distinguish your shop from, you know, other auto repair and service businesses in the area? To me, I would say that my main focus is we do, uh, we have the latest equipment, we have, you can have the greatest mechanic, but um, if you don't have that, that incentive or that initiative to maintain the customer, in uh, in you know coming back to you, uh, and and you're only focused on the on the bottom line, uh, and then you're, you're sooner or later it's going to catch up with you. Uh, so there's no secret for me. Uh, to me, customer, it's, it's 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 my number one priority. That's that's pretty much it. I don't think there's anything. I don't think that there is a a magic trick or anything that that points one shop better over the other. It's just making making sure that what you say is done and what you promise. I try to over-deliver and on the promise rather than over-promise and on the deliver. And 
That's, that's just my theory. I think that's a very smart and useful approach. You just mentioned having the, the latest equipment in your shop. Obviously, you know, auto repair, it's a rapidly evolving industry with EVs and ADOS uh, coming into the mainstream. So how do you keep up with the latest technologies, trends in the industry, what's happening with EVs and ADOS, and then incorporate that into your auto repair business? Uh, training. That's that's pretty much it. We get uh, training from uh, third-party uh, uh, companies that are involved on, on the daily business of learning what technology is coming out into the auto industry or into the shops. Um, I know that it will take a few years for us to get to see those vehicles because obviously they're like a three years warranty or thirty-six thousand miles, so you we won't see them as 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 often as we would like. Uh, but that's it. Just you know, getting the latest equipment, setting aside a a, a budget for training and equipment, and and that's going to be the that's going to be the only way you're going to be able to. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It becomes a lot when you do it, you know, uh, uh, all in one shot. But if you plan for it, it you, you'll see that uh, that is something that is not um, uh, your head under your bottom line at the end of the year or or you know whenever people decide. It. But I said training. We get you know. There's the auto parts provide training. Um, then you got associations that provide training. There's a lot of different companies out there that provide uh, different trainings, and that's how we that's how we keep up uh, with what the latest uh, going on on the uh, on the industry. Yeah, that's great to hear. I think that's super important, especially with how rapidly evolving things change that you're regularly committed to training, I think is very vital for your team. Circling back there about your your shop and, and you know, your employees who work there. Can you tell us a little bit about your team and on the training piece? How do you continue to revisit that and ensure that they're staying up to date with, you know, all the, the skills that they need? And then also, what importance do you place on, you know, certifications like ASE for your technicians specifically? So that's a great question. And what we do is everyone that's been, that is on my team or has been here before uh, has some certification. If not all, I have a master tech uh, that. Uh, us has been with us for for a little bit, uh, and pretty much everyone that I have with me or that I that is in my team has been with us for a minimum, I would say, of about uh, five years. Uh, so you know, technicians, uh, it's hard to find good technicians. So when you find one, you want to make sure you keep them, uh, and and you schedule them based on their uh, abilities. If you're missing this license, I want you to go and take care of the next one. We'll schedule that and we'll pay for it if we have to make sure that they get that certification and to make sure that they get that because they're going to bring at the end of the day, they're going to bring that improvement into the shop. They're going to bring that improvement with them. And it shows the technician that you care. And by the same token, you know, they're, you're not abandoned. You're not letting them go here. Do it on your own. I, I, you know, I don't want to deal with it. No, you know, it's, it's I'm pretty much family. You spend eight to 10 hours with them here. So you want to make sure that they are taken care of. And at the end of the day, they have a family. Well, they don't work because they want to see my face. They work because they want to pay. They want so if they get certifications, look at their pay structure, and we, you know, we benefit them from that at the same token. So win-win situation for us. We'll be back next week with part two of our conversation with Julio on his shop management experience.